Welcome to Smashing the Plateau. We help you get unstuck so you can do what you love and get paid what you're worth consistently. I'm your host, David Schreiner-Khan. It's really hard to brand yourself as, as something else when you've been doing a different thing for a long time. And publicity was one way for me to do that. Today on episode 565 of Smashing the Plateau, I'm here with the founder of the Dream Career Club, Caroline Siniza Levine. I'm going to ask Caroline how you can use media to foster your business growth as a consultant or coach and much more. Stay with us to hear all the details. You can find out more about Caroline along with all of our previous episodes at smashingtheplateau.com. Are you building your own business after a long career as an employed professional? Listen to our show, Going Solo, also found on our website, smashingtheplateau.com. Now let's welcome Caroline Siniza Levine. Caroline is the founder of the Dream Career Club and a career coach, writer, and media personality on job market issues. She is a senior contributor to Forbes Leadership and an adjunct at Columbia University. Caroline helps experienced professionals in tech, media, financial services, and other industries make a great living doing what they love. Caroline, welcome back to the show. Great to have you on again. Thanks so much, David. Caroline, I love what you do, and um, I love in the intro that your whole purpose is to help people do what they love doing and make money doing it, which to me is the essence of um, of satisfaction in your professional life. So congratulations on um, what you managed to do in your own business and the way you help people, and I'm glad to be having this conversation with you today. Yeah, I'm excited to have the conversation too. I mean, we spend so much of our time working. And I think that 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 people like to work. I think that people like to make a contribution. They like to do interesting things. And so it's nice to be able to align uh, work with your interests. Absolutely. In my own case, for the first part of my career, especially at the outset, I really struggled with it and um, made a a pretty significant change in the kind of work I was doing after a few years. I studied engineering and then I went into the not-for-profit sector where I was much happier. But things really came together for me when I became an entrepreneur in 2006, which I can't believe was already 15 (laughs) years ago. And, you know, lots of things have evolved for me since then. And I know you also have had your own path where you've evolved as well. Yeah, so I trained as a classical pianist, actually. (laughs) I studied at Juilliard, the Manhattan School of Music, in addition to getting a traditional liberal arts degree at Barnard College. And so for, for my childhood, essentially, up through college, I thought that I was... I don't know that I thought that I was going to be a performer, but music was such a big part of my life. And then... Uh, then when I went to college, I, I continued with, with the music degree, but I also majored in economics and I was really interested in the markets. And so I went into investment banking, into management consulting in the investment banking industry, and the lifestyle was just so, so difficult. And I think that was the first time where I really looked at, oh my goodness, we spend so much of our time at work, we really should enjoy it. And I, I needed to figure out how to make it sustainable because I loved the markets, I loved investing, but I didn't think I had to 
be working 24-7. And then fast forward, I, I went into recruiting. That was my introduction to HR. That put me into the media industry because I went in-house as a recruiter for a global media company. And then I started my own company, similar to you. So it was 2006 that I was thinking about it. Uh, we actually rolled out. I had a business partner at the time. We rolled out in 2008. And so it's been, yeah, it's 13 years and counting for me. So I think we're on a, a similar trajectory of career change and, and entrepreneurship. Sounds like it. And what was the trigger that enabled you to actually leave W-2 income and start business income? You know, I'm always very, very honest with people when I say that I am a reluctant entrepreneur. <laughs> I consider myself incredibly risk averse. And I wasn't one of those folks that threw caution to the wind, quit their job and, and started a business. I knew well that media as an industry was under siege. There was a lot of divestment and acquisition and just outright companies closing. And I knew that that this uh, company that I was working for needed to make some cuts. I mean, they were slowly cutting workforce for years and years. So as early as 2005, I was setting up my team to run without me. I was planting seeds with my boss. I don't recommend that people do this cavalierly. You know, there's definitely a strategy. I, I teach negotiation at Columbia. So I definitely was thinking this through. I was essentially negotiating my exit. And it took almost two years before I was able to successfully do that. I don't think that I would have started a business without a cushion. I had almost seven months of severance which I used to float myself. And while I knew that I was transitioning myself out, I started picking up consulting projects in my original, you know, or my then career, which was recruiting. I, I was continuing to do uh, some recruiting projects while I was building up the coaching piece. And so I never kind of just walked out and into no income. There was always income. And, and frankly, that's what I suggest to a lot of my clients who are thinking about uh, entrepreneurship. Yeah. It's um, one of the things that I tell people is when you're going from one source of W-2 income to another, particularly if your position, your W-2 position is terminated and all or the vast majority of your income is coming from your job, your income goes from 100% to close to zero overnight. But if you get another job, your income goes from close to zero back to 100% also overnight. And when you start a business, it definitely does not go from zero to 100 overnight. You know, in the discussions that we've had on, on my other show, Going Solo, most what I'm hearing commonly is, you know, something like two years or so before most consultants and coaches feel like they've reached some kind of stability in their business. And for many of them, they're still not earning as much as they were with W-2 income. But the good news is that there are many of them that do surpass their W-2 income in their business and there are ways you can do it, but you do need to really be focused on running a business in addition to what it is you're doing to serve your clients. Yeah, 100%. It took me four years to exceed my, my corporate income. And that's also factoring in, you know, that I had to pay for benefits at that point. So it's just, it's the fully loaded income <laughs> too that you have to think about. 
Absolutely, absolutely. So, so now that you've been in business for more than a decade, I know one of the things that you and I have talked about that you've done really well is using publicity. How have you used media to foster your business growth? Well, in the very beginning, I mentioned to you that I was straddling my original career, which was recruiting with building up a name as a coach. And it's really hard to brand yourself as as something else when you've been doing a different thing for a long time. And publicity was one way for me to do that. Uh, It was a way of also, you know, getting the halo effect of publications that would cite me or TV outlets that would feature me. It was a way for people to see me and then hear me as a coach, as opposed to a recruiter or a business consultant or a pianist or, you know, however they knew me uh, from the past. And so very early on, I was essentially pitching to, to media outlets. I would use listservs that would put out inquiries from journalists. I was also using my network. Um, As I mentioned, I I came from HR in the media industry. And so I knew reporters and editors and producers. And when they were working on a story, I would offer to help them. And sometimes I wouldn't even get cited initially, but it was just about planting the seed that, hey, I can be helpful to you. And so think of me uh, when there's a story. How much of a structured plan did you have to try to gain publicity at first? So at first, the only structure I put around it was to do at least something every single week. So it was to at least respond to the listservs or at least to get back to my network. So there wasn't a structure in terms of these are the 10 media outlets or publications that I'm going for, or these are the 10 stories that I'm trying to pitch. I wasn't that structured uh, about that because I just didn't know, you know, what would resonate. I was teaching myself, honestly, how to pitch. And so one of the things that I really liked about just having these listservs with all the different inquiries was that I was trying different things. You know, I would just try to respond and I would find my voice, you know, find what worked, how I introduce myself, how I turn difficult pieces of advice where you could really talk for hours and hours and hours into something that was bite size, if you will, and ready for a mass audience. And so I was practicing as I was doing this. And so for me, it was it was just here's the time that I'm going to dedicate to it, as opposed to I'm going to do X, Y, Z. Mm. Was there any particular kind of help or guidance or places you went to learn how to do this that were really helpful? Yeah, absolutely. So i I use a PR tool, and that's actually uh, they actually put out a free calendar. So that's the that's the link that I'm going to share with you at the end, David, because they only do this once a year, where in the beginning of the year, they put out actually a 40-page PDF that has the year basically broken out by different key dates that media outlets like to cover, different themed months, things like National Organization Month and National Yoga Month. And I think there's even a National Dog Month or 
dog day or something. So there are always these, these stories. And so I use that tool and I've taken courses. I've definitely gotten feedback on my pitches just from, from friends, but also again, taking specific publicity related courses or do it yourself, you know, online things that I'm following. And, and again, just, just practice and paying attention to what works. Mm. Now, if you were advising yourself earlier in your business career, do you think you would have done it any differently? Would you have, um, for example, hired somebody who ha had lots of uh, PR experience to guide you? Or would you have done it the way you did, just focusing on, on doing a certain amount of activity every single week to figure out what worked for you? So... I looked into hiring people and I find that it's incredibly expensive to, to get someone who would be good. And they still need to know what your voice is and what your message is. The stronger and the more specific you can be, the better they can help you. And I just don't know a way around it without doing the pitching yourself, at least for some time. I think the adjustment that I would have made that I'm making now as I'm just more mature into my business and more specific about what I want is that I'm more selective about the stories that I pitch for or what I say that I'm an expert in and also the outlets that I talk to and just making sure that it resonates with my audience. But again, I know myself better and I can afford to be choosier because I've I've been doing this for a while. I wouldn't change the fact that in the beginning I was pretty liberal about my pitching and trying different things because honestly, I think that's how you learn. Yeah, makes sense to me. At this point, do you have a structured publicity plan that you use? I have a plan in the sense of kind of a schedule of content that I try to to put out there and I have platforms that I've aligned to so uh, you know Forbes for example I know when I'm I'm posting give or take a day or two and but I still do ad hoc media inquiries today I'm talking to a reporter who had reached out to me so I always leave buffer in my schedule uh, to take these calls because sometimes a reporter or a producer will have either same day or 48 hour turnaround. And they're going to talk to the first person who's available to talk to them. So there's an immediacy about landing some media. And so I always try to leave um, time in my schedule. And honestly, that's not just for publicity. That's because we all should have buffer in our schedule to take advantage of things that, that happen in the day. Yeah, absolutely. Caroline, how is a publicity plan different from a marketing plan? So publicity is specifically about media mentions and coverage and appearances. I look at my marketing plan as uh, including publicity for sure, but also including things like my email newsletter or a direct mail campaign where perhaps I'm taking a subset of my subscribers and I'm, I'm sending them specific content or uh, publishing a book, you know, is another way of getting your message out there. And there could be publicity around your book, but the book itself is a marketing tool that you might have for your business. So I, I look at marketing as much more broad than publicity. Mm. 
Do you think certain kinds of publicity are better for consultants and coaches? I think the publicity that your audience consumes is the best publicity. I think, for example, you know, I'm a, a career coach and my audience are really knowledge professionals and they're, they're typically more senior than less. And so as I look at media outlets, if I had a choice between covered in say coverage and say fortune magazine, versus field and stream, well, you can see where this is going, right? Because my reader is a Fortune magazine reader. Uh, That being said, if I was, I don't know, if I was a shopkeeper for a fly fishing store, I'd love some coverage in field and stream, right? And so it's, it's not the outlet itself. It's more about, well, who's reading or watching, or consuming that outlet? And are they your your ultimate client? I find that consultants and coaches, sometimes they make that mistake. They'll, They'll think that every outlet is a good outlet for them. Every marketing tool is a good marketing tool. Uh, Every networking event is a good networking event. And it's really about where are you going to find your clients and where are they going to find you? Yeah. Did you make any mistakes early on in understanding where your audience consumes information? Well, early on, I was just so broad. I was broad about my audience too. You know, I was broad about coaching a lot of different kinds of folks. And while I still have some variety, I'm much more tightly focused on, again, that mid to senior professional, specifically the knowledge professional, much more tightly focused in and around the industries where I have worked firsthand. And part of that is just me trying different things and seeing who I enjoy as as a client, but also paying attention to who naturally resonates to my message and who tends to find me. And at some point, you know, you really can't market to everybody. And so you want to be thinking about, well, who do I like working with and where is there a natural fit? Because you don't want to have to keep, you know, educating your customer or convincing your customer, right? At some point you want them to be a ready and available pool of business. Yeah. One of the biggest struggles I see consultants and coaches having, particularly in the beginning, is trying to really understand the niche that works well for them. And they often will be marketing very broadly in the beginning. And as we know, the narrower your marketing message, the easier it is to actually develop leads. So not only are they struggling trying to figure out what they like doing the best, what they're best at doing, who they're best at serving, but their conversion rate tends to be low because their message is so broad and it can can be very frustrating. Yeah. And that niche can change. When I started my business in 2008, one of the niches that I felt was going to be, if not the only niche, but the primary niche was working with universities and recent graduates. So students and recent graduates and universities as institutional clients. And what I discovered was I do love working with universities. I love teaching. I ended up doing a lot more with the executive management programs and certifications at universities, again, because I preferred the more experienced clientele. But I didn't know that at the beginning. And it it certainly took working with 
multiple clients to, to figure that out. And then also I was still able to use that experience and use those relationships. So I don't feel like it set me back. So if you're a, a business and maybe you found yourself in a niche that you actually don't want or no longer want for whatever reason, you can absolutely pivot. Yes. Yeah. That's actually one of the great things about being in your own business is that you have control over trying to pivot, which you may not have that kind of control if you're an employee. Yeah, absolutely. Because you're setting the strategy for your own business versus as an employee, depending on how far away you are from the CEO and the other senior leaders, you really might not have any say in the direction that the business is going. Yeah. So that's a really important point that your niche can change. Yeah, absolutely. And then your marketing should change. And then, of course, as a subset of that, your publicity should change. Exactly, exactly. So when it comes to publicity, Caroline, what would you love to see happen for your own business going forward? So I would love to continue uh, in in some of the areas where I've, I've found success. So I, I do a lot with published media. And so in 2020, I landed in Bloomberg, Newsweek, The Washington Post, CNBC, and other outlets. But so I've, I've had success there. I'd like to do more video. A couple of the things that I mentioned included uh, some video. I'd love to do more podcasts. I'm excited to be on your show, David. But that's, that's an area where I think I'm going to use what I learned about pitching and what I learned about how to think about my audience and to be more selective and to actually target um, specific outlets where I know that that my audience lives or listens to in the case of, of podcasts. And so that's an area that I feel like I haven't really fully taken advantage of. And I'd, I'd like to do that. That sounds like a great plan. And um, good luck in um, enrolling everything out. Caroline, we've talked uh, a lot about how publicity can be really important to building your brand and generating awareness of your offerings as a consultant and coach. So I'm really grateful that you've come back on the show today to talk about this specifically because it's such an important issue for anyone who sells knowledge. If anyone wants to go deeper with anything we've discussed today, um, access any resources you have, and I know there's, there's one specific one that you're going to mention, where would they go? So the best place is my website, which is simply my last name without the hyphen. So sinezalevine.com. And that's where that publicity tool that I mentioned, which only comes out early in the year, and they, they give it away for free. So I, I feel like everyone should just download it. Um, you can find that on my site too. Great. Yeah, sounds like a great tool. So um, we'll include the link in the show notes. Caroline, I want to thank you so much for taking the time to join us again on Smashing the Plateau and share your insights. My guest today has been the founder of the Dream Career Club, Caroline Sinisa Levine. Thank you again, Caroline, for joining us. Thanks so much, David. When you visit the Smashing the Plateau website at smashingtheplateau.com, You'll find a summary of each episode along with the links we mentioned on the show. Today we learned how you can use media to foster your business growth as a consultant or coach and much more. Remember to subscribe on whatever platform you listen on and leave a review if you can. Thank you for taking the time to listen to our show. I'll see you on our next episode.